in many different ways. And so, without any further ado, here is Pastor Scott from Mother's Day 2021. Well, they said I was on, so I guess I better come up here and be on. I just got the word from Joey. <laughs> Thanks, Joey. Um, it's good to have everybody in church today, and it's good to see my friend Will Souter. Will's been gone for a lot, a lot of weeks. Well, there's been a lot of prayers go up for you, my friend, and uh, we're so glad to see you, and uh, sorry about your brother, but we're glad to see you, and uh, boy, it's just good to see him. Uh, there was a few other things. Oh, I know. <laughs> uh, um, I was going to preach on friendship with God this morning, except I forgot it was Mother's Day. Sorry about that. I'll do that. My mom, my mom is about 300 miles away from here, and she's in a uh, a nursing home, sort of. Um, she, if I call her today, she won't remember tomorrow. Um, and that really, that really hurts, you know. Um. And she was a good mom, too. I liked her. And she liked me for the most part. It's just, uh, it's good good to, I'm, I'm going to go get to see her maybe. And that'll be cool in a couple weeks. I hope so. And uh, I don't know, they have all this stuff up in Michigan. Michigan's kind of a weird state. Um, and my father, or my brother-in-law's here, and my sister-in-law, they're here from Michigan. And they're right down here, right over here. They're, they're doing good. Now, what's that little guy doing? Running in and out of church like a hoodlum. You can't control that boy. You better give him to me. I'll control him. <laughs> Good luck, huh? Um, where was I? Oh, yeah. My, my, my in-laws, or my sister-in-law and brother-in-law are here. And John said that he had about five of those baby bob- bottles filled. He hasn't given for the last five years. <laughs> And uh, so he's going to bring all of those down here, or I'm going to pick them up while I go up there. So have all five. Denise is saying, yes, that's true. One of the things you need to know about those baby bottles, I am so absolutely, um, oh, I just believe in that ministry, man, you guys. My feeling is if we're going to march and tell people it's wrong to abort their children, then we better be ready to take care of those moms. Right? Okay? And, it's, and, one, and part of that is very, very easy. 
uh, the part that is saying, uh, you know, don't don't kill a child. Well, we don't believe in killing children except for when they've been really bad. But <laughs> then we do, and um, but uh, uh, but we do want to help every mom that we possibly can. Can't don't. Well, that's what we want to do. We want to help them, right? And um, boy, I hope you guys get that message loud and clear because uh, I've I've known a lot of single moms and things, but they they they're worn to a cotton pick and frazzle all the time because they're running here and running there and running here and running there. Be nice to run them over to a nice Christian family, wouldn't it, for a while? Well, they could just go to the sauna or get a massage or something. I don't know what you women do. Well, I do, actually. Sarah got a massage, on, and she said it was her first massage ever. She got that the last week, and, um, and I said, boy, you're going to love it. I've been there, and uh, I did the girly thing, and I'm not afraid to admit it. And uh, feel like a rubber band when you get up here, but um, yeah. So you help those help those gals out, will you? And uh, do what you can to have those back. I am so committed to this because um, last year, or I've said that every year we are going to increase our giving to CareNet every year. And last year was COVID, so we had. A lot of those that didn't come back. So what do you do when you don't have them all come back? Well, I'll tell you what you do. You write a check. You write a check and you say, give over $200 so that we can go over last year's amount that we gave. And that's what we did. And uh, so every year we're going to do that. Uh, But don't get stingy on us and make us give or we'll come and get it from you. We'll check your tithing records. Okay, good. Last week I told you I was going to preach on friendship with God, but like I said, I forgot that uh, this was Mother's Day, and so I stepped down and I thought, oh man, I can't miss Mother's Day. Just can't do it. And so, um, for this is what the Lord says, I will extend peace to her like a river, and the wealth of nations like a flooding stream. You will nurse and be carried on her arm and dandled on her knee. Somebody said, I don't know what that word dandled means. Does anybody know what that, LeBron, you know what that means? Huh? No? See? Look at that. LeBron don't know what it means. It means you bounce them on your knee or you you let them play on your, your leg. Isn't that cool? And that's what you're supposed to do as a mom. And you end up doing it as a mom. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. And you will be comforted over Jerusalem. There are two things in America that uh, American, America holds as sacred, besides baseball, I guess. And that is apple pie and motherhood. Apple pie and motherhood. I'm not quite sure I know what I like better because I've never experienced motherhoods, but I sure have experienced apple pie, and I like that. 
And so um, we, we don't have any special days to honor apple pies, but we do quite well with regard to Mother. As a matter of fact, I can remember the time where we uh, decided that we were going to go to a steakhouse that was right outside of where we used to live. And, and uh, we went to the steakhouse and uh, they said to my dad, or my dad went up to the front and said, how long of a wait is there? And, uh, and they said, oh, it's pretty long. It was Mother's Day. And so it was pretty long. And so my dad said, after, I think it was like an hour and a half. My dad ain't waiting no hour and a half, I'll guarantee you that. And he made that very plain to the gal there in the front. He made it plain to everybody around and said that he wasn't going to be waiting no hour and a half. And so we went somewhere else. But uh, one thing for sure, there are at least uh, four businesses that stand to um, profit greatly from, uh, from Mother's Day. That is the florists. They do pretty good. Greeting card companies. It used to be telephone companies used to do really good. Before you got, um, you know, you could use your unlimited calling. And then, uh, of course, restaurants do, do really good business on Mother's Day. Am I against motherhood? No, so long as we don't make Mother's Day a holy day. Not a holy day. It's as close as you can get to a holy day, but it's not a holy day. I'm always amazed that the thing that happens is, is that oftentimes, even within my own family, that uh, mom's never forgotten. Uh, we'll, we'll honor her sometime today, I'm sure. But boy, when it comes to dad, he's always forgotten. <laughs> right, Anna? Always. Almost always. But, and, and so you guys need to have a little sympathy and get me a little gift card or something on that day. <laughs> Let's face it, though, not all mothers are virtuous. Not all of them are. God meant them to be, but because of sin, some have not lived up to their high calling. What an honor, really, when you think about it, that God has trusted you with a never-dying soul. I remember I was so awestruck when Sarah came into this world, and our first child, and I thought to myself, you know, we're having a baby, and, and that's great, but I'm having a never-dying soul. A lot of people think, well, they get to be 18 and you just cut them loose. You just kind of cut them loose. They do their own thing from there on out. Well, they might think they do their own thing. But I want to tell you, that's going to come calling after a while. It will. I, I guarantee it'll come calling. Some will say, hey, can I live in your basement for nine months or whatever? And you say, sure, because you had them as children. But um, there, not every mother has lived up to her high calling and her honor. But we honor you today. We want you to know that, moms. All joking aside, we honor you. And uh, some abort their children before they're even born. Others consume alcohol and smoke during their pregnancy, thereby endangering their offspring. Some take drugs and some others beat their children, others abandon them, can't imagine. Still others put their careers before them. And they might as well abandon them. They're never home. They're never home, they're never there to do anything for the children. 
But, and some just ignore their children. They just ignore them. However, I still believe that the vast majority of mothers love their children. I deeply and strive to do their best so that they can, in a pressure-filled culture such as ours, that they can be good to their children. Listen to what it says in the Bible. It says, charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who reveres the Lord will be praised. Did you hear about the five-year-old that said to his mother, Mommy, I love you. When I grow up, I'm going to get you something that's electric. An electric iron. I'm going to get you an electric stove. Uh, An electric toaster. I'm going to get you that, Mom. And he said, when all of that's done, then I'm going to get you the electric chair. I can think of at least three things that are positive in a relationship to Mother's Day in the church. First of all, attendance is usually better because moms drag you to church. Did you know that 75%, they say that 75% of churches are picked by the, the woman in the household, not the man. Well, I'm the big tough leader. Well, you ain't tough when it comes to picking churches. Your mom does that. And so the attendance is usually better. It gives us, secondly, it gives us an opportunity to look into God's Word for characteristics that go into making a godly mother. You are a godly mom, aren't you? Just the fact that you are here this morning makes you uh, a person that wants to have a heart after God. Thirdly, it, it gives us an opportunity to extol the mother-like qualities of God. Normally, we think of God as our Father, and the reason for that is, for the most part, God has chosen to reveal Himself in the masculine. Uh, But there's nothing wrong with thinking that God is possessing some of mother-like qualities. I'm not talking about what some of the uh, modern-day people are talking about, about pronouns, and I don't even know what to call people anymore. But I want to tell you that God has a motherhood side to him. Do you ever think about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit kind of broods over you? It draws you close. It pulls you in. That's a mom quality. That's not a dad quality. Dad quality is kick you in the rear and send you on your way. But a mom quality is is that they just dote over you. They bring you in. They bring you in close. Um, Here's some of the examples. He is our king and we are his subjects. He is our shepherd and we are his sheep. He is our counselor and we are his clients. He is our redeemer and we are his possession. He is our priest and we are his people. He is our father and we are his children. As a father, he provides for his children our needs, and he trains and corrects and educates us in love and service and the number of great of a great family. But in Isaiah 66, we have something deeper. A mother is a ministering angel in times of pain and sorrow. What did I see? A cat commercial of all things. I usually don't pay much attention to them. But I saw a cat commercial, and the, the, the lady is downstairs, 
And I had to uh, make sure this was a cat commercial. Anyway, the lady's downstairs and the kid yells down, Hey, Mom, I cut myself. And she says, Well, there's Band-Aids in the uh, medicine cabinet. He said, Mom, it's, it's, a, it's a bad cut. Well, get two of them then. That, that's how much people that have cats, <laughs> how much sense they make. You see, God can, combines in himself all the virtues of a perfect character. It's not just masculine characteristics that he has, but he also has characteristics that a mother would have and qualities that a mom has. He's not only strong and corrective and protective, he is also tender and comforting. In fact, Paul refers to him as the God of all comfort. He comforts us in every situation in which we are struggling through. He comforts us. He's the God of all comfort. Just exactly how does he comfort us? First of all, God comforts us by his presence. He just seems to be there, doesn't he? He just seems to be there. There are times I know that he's going to seem like he's a million miles away. But I want to tell you, there he is there at all times. He will never leave us, nor will he forsake us. He is there at all times, and he comforts us by his presence. Think of this for a moment. What, what's in a house without a mother? Her presence means comfort, love, and service. Ask my kids, they'll tell you that. Yet he's not so far away from anyone that of us that he cannot soothe and sympathize with our difficulties. Once the New York Times was asked to help a group of club women decide on the 12 greatest women in the United States. So they all got together and they were going to decide on the 12 greatest woman, women. After due consideration, the editors replied, the 12 greatest women in the United States are women who have never been heard of outside of their homes. Now, I'm not talking about a woman should be seen and not heard. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a woman that doesn't boast or is haughty or proud about the things that she does. But she understands that God has her in a place of honor and reverence within inside of her house. The second thing is God comforts us by his word. By his word. The child's first teacher is his mother. She gives him his earliest and most sacred lessons of God, life, and duty. When he is discouraged, her words comfort and inspire. When disobedient, her rebuke brings correction. I remember one time when I thought, well, I'll just see how tough my mom is. I know how tough my dad is. He had man strength. But I'll see how tough my mom is. And so I decided that I would challenge my mom one time. Really a bad mistake. Because I didn't realize totally that my mom and dad were a package and they didn't come just one of them. So whatever I did to my mom, I was going to have to deal with my dad. So my dad came home one time and he said, I understand you hit your mother today. I'm not proud of that. I said, yes, I did. Well, he said, not only did you hit your mother, you also hit my wife. Now I'm going to show you what I do 
when people hit my wife. And so he showed me. I'll never forget it as long as I live, I'll tell you that. He showed me very, very well what happened. But uh, uh, God is like that. Man at his best is but an infant crying in the night with no language but a cry. In prison, there were three books that were uh, offered to a well-known newspaper. They sent the inquiry of 100 professors, authors, merchants, and other professional people. That inquiry was, suppose you were sent to prison for three years and you could only take three books with you. Which three would you choose? Please state them in order of their importance. Out of the replies, 98% put one book first on their, and that book was the Bible. I asked my wife when we were walking in, or when we were coming this morning, I said, what book would you choose? And I knew what she would say, of course, because she's trying to always be ultra-religious, and so she, she said, well, I'd pick the Bible, number one. I said, yep, so would I. She said, secondly, I'd take Purpose Driven Life, and I would, I would take that with me. I said, yep, that's number two. What's the third? And we couldn't sit there, and we couldn't think of one. There's a lot of good books out there, but we couldn't think of the third one. I don't even know what it would be. I'm not quite sure. As long as we had the Old Testament, New Testament, and uh, Purpose Driven Life, we're probably pretty well set. But um, few of those men that chose that were religious people. As a matter of fact, many of them were atheists and agnostics. But um, no other book could give them the comfort and the hope that they could have in dark days. No other book. God comforts us by His silence. Now you wouldn't think that. You wouldn't think sometimes that we pray and we pray and we pray and all we hear is silence. There's nothing on the other end, we think, a lot of times. And we think to ourselves, my word, doesn't God hear me when I pray? I want to tell you right now, He does hear you when you pray. But He hears the heart cry of an open and honest heart. An open and honest heart. I've been reading this devotional over and over again, and this week it was pray real prayers, and and um, and so it tried to uh, get us to pray prayers that don't contain hithers and withers and tithers and chasing the Amorites up one side and down the other, and and praying about that and and all the things that, but 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 pray really what is on your heart? What is on your heart? Now, sometimes we try to impress God. I've done that at times. I've thought to myself, I'm going to really impress God with this prayer. And so I start praying in the old English tongue, of course. Oh God, thou knowest thou I that I need your help us now. I want to tell you, that's about as honest and as forthright as a fly. It's not honest at all. God wants to hear the cry of His people. But God comforts us by His silence. If a child is any kind of trouble, a mother receives that child without asking a lot of questions. Her intuition tells her what is wrong, but she does not speak. 
Comfort is her first reaction. Now, like the motherhood of God, he doesn't condemn us. Our hearts do that. He simply says, come unto me and find your rest. Rest in me. A woman's touch. A wounded soldier returned from Vietnam. He was in critical condition. He was blind. His mind was clouded and his body was mangled. His mother traveled over 2,000 miles to be by his bedside. As soon as she entered the hospital room, she laid her hands on, her, on his brow without saying a word. Instantly, he said, Mother, is that you? It must be you. She hadn't spoken a word, but he knew the tender touch of her hand. That's the way he is, God. We can't see him, and yet we know when he's there and when he's not. We speak to him but receive no audible answer, and yet we leave his presence as calmed and consoled as a child would be when his mother consoles him. Fourth thing, God comforts us by his generosity. There would be times where I would be crying and my mother would say, just come, let me dry your tears a little bit. Let me fix your favorite dessert. And of course, that was always great because it was always chocolate chip cookies. Come into the kitchen. We can talk for a while. She's generous, not only with her goods, but with her time. You see, nothing else. She could have been doing a million things, but she took the time out to listen. And that's exactly how God is, isn't it? A mother who had 12 children was asked which one she loved the best. Her answer, the one who is sick until he gets well. And the one who is away until he gets back home. And it's good to have you home. Just thought I would tell that. Again, that's the way God is. The most generous act of God on our behalf was when Jesus offered himself as the atoning sacrifice for our sin. The fifth thing is God comforts us through his children. Remember the time she took you to the doctor? Remember the time she sent your older brother or sister to help you with that homework? My sister would help me from time to time. And she watches these all the time. And I could say, you know what? You didn't help me too much, Rosie. I didn't end up with uh, being the best student in the world. And that's because of you. Remember the time she saw that you were in church and Sunday school so that you could hear about God's love. I remember the very first time. I've told you this story before. I remember the very first time I told my mom. Mom, I said, uh, we used to be very, very consistent back then. We used to have Sunday morning, Sunday night. You, you would sleep on Sunday afternoon or you could watch football. And of course, my dad and I watched football, but you couldn't play football outside or basketball because the ball bounced and then they would hear that while they were trying to take a nap. I know what the deal was. But anyway, I have no idea where I'm at right now. Oh, yeah. 
So we went Sunday morning, Sunday night, afternoons were all taken up. Sunday night after church, we went to a little place called Bill Knapp's every Sunday night. Did it every Sunday night. It was like a ritual. And so um, I would do that all the time. And then, of course, the next sacred time was Wednesday night. Very sacred. And you had to go every Wednesday night or else you would get a tick by the side of your name and the pastor would condemn you to hell. And so I asked my mom one time, I said, Mom, do you think, well, that I could join the Cub Scouts? She said, well, sure you can join the Cub Scouts, honey. That's a good organization. She said, let me ask you, what night do they meet? Wednesday night. What night? What? Wednesday night. Man, I wish I never would have told her. She went into a diatribe about, you know what we do on Wednesday nights. You know there's no budging on this thing. I mean it. You're going to grow up a criminal for crying out loud. You're going to be on death row one day because you asked for Wednesday nights off for Cub Scouts. No, she didn't say all that. I'm just kidding. But but she was pretty upset that I asked her about Wednesday night. You see, um, Mom was always concerned that I was in church, always. Your mom like that? Your mom like that? Concerned that you're there. Concerned that you hear about the love of God. Yes, God does have mother-like qualities. He comforts us by his presence and by his word and by his silence and by his generosity, by sending others to us in our time of need. Well, hear the word of the Lord again. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. That's all I got. You can go home. How do you like that? Or take your mom out to eat. One of the two. Praise team, you can come on up if you want. Uh, I think you're doing friend of God or something, but you guys can go. They're, they're, they're just going to be up here rattling around. No, they do good rattling around, though. They really do. I'm very, very thankful for them. God bless you. Thank you for joining us this week on the Grace Point Community Church Podcast Network. As always, you can find out whatever you need to know about the church on our website at gpcchurch.com or .org, as well as showing up on Sunday mornings. We meet every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1438 Cox Avenue in Erlanger, Kentucky. We also live stream our services at that same time, so if you're not ready to venture back out into the world quite yet, that's okay. You can join us through YouTube, Facebook, and our website. Come check us out there. Thank you for joining us, and have a blessed week.